Before we get started with this week's episode of For the Taste, I wanted to make sure you guys were aware on the ForTheTasteShow.com website, we have merchandise giving money back to a good cause to be able to provide funding for important social and economic changes within a lot of the cities that we're seeing impact in. We all need to do our part to be able to make this world and this country, more importantly, that we live in a better place. Also, wanted to give a shout out to everybody that is a father on this particular week. Without these dope fathers that are doing impact in their children's lives, we would have a next generation that would have no idea how to be able to make our world and our country better. To you all, I want to say personally, I appreciate y'all. Continue to fight the good fight. Be there for these children. And with that, on to this week's episode with Mr. Quincy Branch. Dr. Duncan, how are you, sir? Yeah, maintaining best we can nowadays. You know how it goes, man. Yeah. Oh no, nah. I, I know somebody like yourself is. What do you say? You're thriving, not just surviving in these times. I, I would 100% agree. That's just <laughs> kind of how brought up. But just uh, you know, it's it's been an interesting year from start to finish. So. Uh, I can I can only imagine, sir. <laughs> and here we are, only halfway through. Yeah, man. How's things been your way? Honestly, I can't, can't complain, man. For, well, first and foremost, all the important things are good. And, right. You know, family is good and healthy. Um, you know, kids are, are great. Kids you know, are growing almost, you know, it On like. the business side, you know, we, we are, we're probably right now in the whole weathering our storm mm-hmm. part of it. After we didn't we rebounded and realigned ourselves and changed stuff around, but you know, just sort of weathering us, weathering the storm of, of it and how it's affecting all of our customers. Because well, you know the business, you know it really, you know, we get affected because other people that we insure get affected, you know. And unfortunately for us, I was telling people we fielding calls that you know people are either canceling coverages or going out of business and doing whatever. Not nothing that we did. Okay, it's just the economics are going around or not paying premiums and think we're doing a good job weathering it. It's one of the things, sir, we just, we just got to go through it, bro. You got to keep walking. With the insureds, what's the conversations that you're having with them, not just yourself, but like with your team? I mean, because obviously nobody could understand that there was going to be a pandemic that shut down a lot of small businesses. And then you compound mm-hmm. that with them having that break out of the holiday season and then now having the pandemic. And now we have the disruptions that are going on out in the streets and a lot of the areas are in areas where we have small business owners that are just trying to, mm-hmm. they were trying to rebound from being shut down for months. And now they actually have these political protests that are going on in different parts of the country. Is there conversations that your team are having just to, to try to keep them understanding that there are going to be options for them? Cause you did bring up that there's some folks that are just canceling coverage and they don't know if they're going to open their doors up. That's understandable. But the ones that are kind of on the fence, just uncertain of what's going on. Like how is an organization and operation like yours, like have those conversations with the insureds? Well, I think for us, and maybe because I, I wear that dual hat of obviously being a business owner, but then also, you know, running insurance agency, man, I had those conversations with our team early on after we, we got through our whole logistical changes of going remote and everything else. But for the most part, man, we become, and I say this very loosely because I don't want to disrespect that that um, that profession, we sort of become like crisis intervention center in a sense. Like the training we've done with the team, like I was telling them, man, when you call, truly mean it when you say you ask a business owner or that HR or that finance person, how you doing? How's it going? And, and, and truly just listen, you know, because now we can really talk through and we, and we're probably all in the same, you know, we're all in the same storm, which is the phrase I've been using lately. You know, we're all in the same storm. We just may be in different boats. And so, you know, but just because your boat is bigger or smaller, doesn't mean that the storm is not hitting you just as hard as it's hitting me. So now I, I think it's actually helping us because now we're having real conversations and we're building stronger relationships, if that makes sense. You know, we, we truly are just having risk management conversations with, you know, clients. And to your point, like, okay, 
you know, we had a client literally, man, down here in downtown. It wasn't their building, but literally the building right next to them during the protest caught on fire. And immediately, man, the next day, the guy called Renner, hey, you know, send, him, send her a text. She showed it to me. I just want to know, what, what do I do if this happens, blah, 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 blah. You know, we're having those type of conversations, like how to be prepared, but at the same time, you know, these are some of the things that are going on. But I think overall it's making us better because it's making, you know, us smarter about coverages, but it's just making us more real because we're just having real conversations now. And even though there's going to be some folks that unfortunately are going to have to shut down during this time, but hopefully they will have an opportunity to rise back. You might lose some because they're closing up their doors. These are the moments where you show team versus just your run-of-the-mill hack because there's so much volume out there. They can basically just talk real fast and get an account of the books. Insurance mm -hmm. comes down to risk management, understanding your client, and actually showing them that you're human and walking through situations with them. If you can do those things, you're going to have a high retention rate. And more importantly, you're going to do your job that you signed up to do being a producer and providing insurance opportunities for people come come on man amen so i mean you, yeah yes sir you, i, I, sh I should have recorded that one you, you said you said that really good it's okay <laughs> it, it'll be recorded and then we'll just end up sending it over to you for a small snippet so you can have that as far as the benefits of what <laughs> your branch benefits nah, consultant do right I, I need i need to replay that one because for <laughs> sure man and, and that and that's really truly man what, what, what is, is balling down to and I, and I think for us you know, like I said, it's tough. And don't get me wrong, man, it's tough to have those kind of phone calls. And what we've been doing is we've been tracking it internally, those clients that are closing due to COVID, specifically to COVID. And what I've been doing as the HC owner, man, I've been calling and contacting those people personally. You know, so I, I reached out to those businesses and said, hey, look, you know, I, I know you, you emailed XYZ, but just want to let you know that, hey, we understand. You know, to your point now, just saying, okay, but if something changes, you know, just know that we're here. Uh, and, and, and we'll be here for you. So call us back. And man, the, the overwhelming responses I've gotten from that have been refreshing and, and, and amazing, short of amazing um, that, you know, people just, hey, you get it. Uh, you know, and, and again, I can I can speak that language with them. So it, hopefully it, it'll play off in the long run. But to your point, man, I, I think that's what we got to do. You know, our retention is, is, is our retention is no fault of ours right now. If somebody calls it, OK, I'm just not opening my business back up. OK, no fault of ours. We're here for you, sir. Just just know. And, you know, and, and we've been very intentional about being what do you want to call it. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I, I subscribe to that theory, sir. And I just believe, you know, that well, much is given, much is required. And. Not that we haven't had our own challenges from yeah. this, but, you know, we've also partnered with other people in the community with, with masks and supplies and other stuff and just, you know, with the local chambers. We've done our part to, you know, give back as much as we can during all of this. Because I just think, man, at this point, this is, to me, where a true independent agent shows their value and their worth. I mean, that's all quality content to end up hearing. Not only did you express what it is that you do as a business owner, but if anybody's listening, he also gave you a gem to let you know that he respects the Marvel comic universe because he hit you with the Uncle Ben from Spider-Man. You know, with great power <laughs> comes great responsibility, which is the guy's honest truth. That, that situation that you looked at, break it down into layers. Like you say that yourself, you make the calls, uh, that you have the discussion with your team, how to, in your way, crisis mitigate those situations and then how to keep your insureds at least understanding that there's going to be something for them on the downline, even if it's not exactly their doors opening back up. But if there's something that actually happened with their business and you can find a way, you will help them make a way. There's some parts in there that they teach you, but then there's some parts that seem like we're integrated in you because with Quincy Branch being part of 
his own operation. You did come from a, a man that was in the game too. So with your, your father, Aubrey, being in the business, are those mm-hmm. certain parts that you saw him do and kind of emulated from his style, just that, that consumer awareness and being integrated with the folks? Like that's something that I always respect of your old man. I have to assume that some of those things just kind of bled into how you do your business practices now. Man, exactly. And and I, I, I use a saying that he always, and even to this day, he always says, as agency, we want to keep our fingers on the pulse of our client. You know, you know, we never want to get too big or even too small or whatever the case may be. That I think we lose sight of these clients. So to your point exactly, man, being able to touch and reach those clients are just things that I, I just saw him do over the years. I, the good part about it is, you know, in my early beginnings, I was able to attend meetings and go with him and, and just see how building real relationships, not just relationships, was important. And so, you know, now you know, people look at you beyond just, oh, that insurance policy that went up $10. And so I, I think going back to it, man, that, that to me, what, what COVID in some sense has done is really just hit a reset button, not only for businesses, but for people, for families, for this country, in, in a sense. You, you get back to basics. And so I, I think some of those core basic things, making sure people are seen, valued, and heard, don't go away. I don't care how much technology you have. I don't care, you know, whatever. Those things don't go away. You are a person or a business that naturally has that, then, and it's genuine. I'm sorry, and it's got to be genuine. Right. Then it'll show. And so to your point, I agree 100%, man, this this is me. You know, this is not something that they had to come and say, oh, well, Quincy, we need you to do this. No, this was just, uh, that, that was my natural instinct to say, okay, this is what we're going to do as an agent. That's a brave position to have and not brave because it's something that's unique. Brave because that's something that's already ingrained in you, that kind of level to want to be out there and show that this is the way that I was raised how to do business. And it's the proper way to be able to get people through crisis, regardless if it's high tides or low tides, the way that you handle yourself in this moment, especially on the low tide. When it comes back on the high tide, you're going to already be coasting because you've done what's necessary to be there with them people. And not everybody's built like that. So obviously you get some from your folks, you build some on your own, and then you get those experiences because you've worked through the industry. You've seen it on both sides. You've seen it from the grunt end of it to where you are now being a thriving entrepreneur and having national exposure from what you do. So it, it shows, man, there's not a lot of folks in our industry, regardless if they're you know black men or uh, you know, younger professionals, just in general, like for what we do as industry, there's a lot of folks that don't necessarily, as we say, play the game, you know, the right way. So I respect you on that, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for the, for the, for the encouragement. Yeah, man. But see, you're a little bit different as far as with your experiences in the industry too, because you made it a point to be a part of the conversations in the political and the um, law structuring of certain things in our industry not only from a local and state level, but even on a national level. Where are you currently at with that now? Oh, well, well, one, I, I really do believe, I say again, first and foremost, that, man, if you're, if you're going to be involved in any industry, I don't care if it's insurance or whatever, I mean, you got to have a seat at the table and you got to, you know, be in a place and space where you can really truly affect change or at, at, at its least know what's going on. So I just think that overall makes you, know, uh, you a better just business person or a person in general. But from the insurance standpoint, that was one of the things I just thought and saw that, you know, was key. Like, okay, insurance affects so many different aspects of life. Okay, let's make sure that when we're doing certain things, I can have a seat at the table. I can have a voice to make sure that, you know, whatever's being heard. But where I'm at today with things, you know, I, I, I got the pleasure of serving currently on the, the big I, the, the IIABA's 
government affairs committee. So this is my, you know, I think I'm in my second year of doing that. So, you know, I, we, we're dealing with things and we're sort of navigating and giving counsel on a national level with our association. But then I also sit on the Federal Advisory Committee of Insurance, and that's a, a federal appointment um, that I, I got during under the Obama administration that we communicate and we advise directly with FIO. So I'm sitting at the head of the table with, you know, the heads of, you know, the marshes, the AON, the um, directors of insurance of the different states and divisions. So, again, being a part of the conversation to hopefully affect change that will be, in my humble opinion, from a legislative standpoint, that's the change that really sticks. And, and I know we got some civil unrest and, and things going on right now. And that's something that I really feel passionate about that. Okay, we that and all that's needed. But in conjunction with that, we also need legislation change. Things that, okay, whether I'm here 20 years from now, laws that make things effective for future generations. So I think it's important. I would agree. And just to see the evolution of you getting from the state level to now being on federally appointed positions, it's it's a beautiful thing to see, not only personally, uh, but obviously professionally. I have to make sure that I share in this conversation my folk and, and Quincy's folk did business dealings. We have known around each other for a few years. And then it so happened yeah. that I was at a function for the state association in Nevada. And we were up in, in, uh, in Lake Tahoe, Incline Village. You had been designated one of the, the many of honors that you've received during your path in the industry. And everybody standing up and there's the mix, the cocktail hour. And folks coming up like, you know, congratulations on, you know, wh where are you at in your position? Da, da, da. And it took about two or three times to recognize, like, oh, they think I'm Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I was like one of the first things I said to you when I, you know, finally shook your hand when we was up there. And, you know, to, to know in those moments there when it was a moment of just, you know, laughter and conversation to show the impact that you've been able to have since that time. Because we're in 2020 now. I want to say that was like 2014, somewhere around that time. And to see where you've yeah. gone in that point, that's crazy. Man, like, we, yeah, we, we getting old, man. That, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we was 30-somethings at that point. <laughs> Definitely. But still, in our industry, we're still considered some of the, the younger blood, which kind of brings to another topic I wanted to bring up, that a lot of our folks that are in areas, the option for them to have people that either look like them or at least can talk the vernacular of how they grew up is going to be key because some of these folks are still going to be business owners. Some of these folks are still going to at least be homeowners, you know, God willing. They're going to at least have a car as long as they can get one and have the opportunity to provide for one. You know, like they're still going to have a need to talk to somebody in our industry. And mm -hmm. if, if we're having an era of graying out, as they like to say, if it's not the independent such as yourself that are keeping that route to the community, some of them unfortunately are being bought out by larger funds Mm -hmm. And that's changing the conversation in some of these local areas. Thoughts on how to be able to keep your roots in some of these cities, knowing that our industry is a gray industry. And then some of the opportunities that you think we might have to bring young, younger people into the industry to make them see that we're young folks that got in relatively young and it's done well for both of us. I would. Well, see, I, I think you, you raise a very interesting point, a great point. And I think one on the business side, people like myself, you know, that are agency owners and other uh, my colleagues. One, man, we got to be intentional. Um, and, and when I say intentional, intentional about one, uh, as a business owner, I'm all about green. So let me be very clear about that. <laughs> but at the same time, I do know, okay, I, I'm an African-American minority owned, you know, business. So I have, and this is me personally, I'm not saying anyone else that has to have that charge, hold it in high regard that, okay, I have to ensure that the communities of color are educated and are served 
in a professional manner when it comes to financial and insurance and risk servicing, making sure that our communities understand the benefits of life insurance, making sure that our, our community, um, communities of color businesses are treated well and have proper coverages when it comes to businesses that they own. Because I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to the communities of color is that insurance is an avenue that shouldn't be looked at as an expense. It should be looked at as an avenue to protect your assets. And so a lot of businesses that you can't afford to have that kitchen fire, you know, not have coverage and you don't have to replace that. So it's really all about educating the value of insurance and not just looking at insurance from a standpoint, oh, well, I got to pay this or, oh, it's required. No, how do you really cover yourself? Not it, not when that, uh, if, if that event happens, but when it happens. So I think that that's one part. Then I think too, you say, but you know, about the profile, I meant the, the industry itself has had that stigma of saying it's, it's what is it, pale, male, and stale. And so I, I think also as a point of intentionality, you know, it, it in, in, in these times, maybe a, a perfect time of that uh, typization of that, that we, we got to ensure that we're out there showing our voice. Because I, I think, man, the insurance industry, and you've been in the search, so you know it, it's so big, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just, oh, selling insurance policies, or it's not, oh, just not just being an actuary. You know, there's so many different aspects to it that can in, uh, encompass insurance. And it's all, it's all about exposure. So how do we go in to communities, schools, whatever the case may be, and continue to create that platform and show that, oh, hey, yeah, that, you know, I'm, I'm just being very candid. You know, okay, yeah, he doesn't dribble a basketball or he doesn't do this or do that. He's in a professional setting, but it's insurance. What is that all about? And so from that, I personally, again, thinking that next generation needs to see that. So I feel it's important. I, I, I do, you know, give back and in, to our association through invest or, you know, through meeting with different young folks. I think that's important. And also, I think it's important to meet them where they're at. I, I've had opportunities where I've spoken at schools and done things of that nature. And on purpose, CJ, I don't go in a three-piece suit. You know, I, I may go in a nice button-down, some jeans and some jorts, because that that's what resonates with those kids. And like, it's, oh, okay, well, oh, he, he got J's and blah, 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 blah. He, and, and like, to your point, he looks like me, he speaks like me, but also, he you know, he speaks intelligently, but he speaks like me and he can speak to what I'm going through. Oh, and he's successful. And I, and I tell people all the time, you know, insurance is a great rewarder for the time you put into it. You know, if you work hard, your efforts can be rewarded. And so, you know, I and I have a personal mantra with that, a uh, personal touch with that, because I'm even doing that with my own two kids. You know, my, my son is turning 17 in August and my daughter be 13 this year and he's getting ready to go to college. And so, you know, I've also just been showing him over the years that, hey, man, look, insurance, this business is what put those shoes on your feet, food on the table. You've seen your dad. I've never punched a time clock, probably 20 plus years now. You know, every time you have a, a function or you, your sister has a game or whatever it may be, I'm there. You know, I can move my schedule around and do certain things. It has its benefits. And I, I think it's just important of us to ask people of color and to make sure we get out into the communities and just show that there's another way or there's another option, if that makes sense. Makes 100% sense. And something to, to backtrack on when you go into these outreach programs with the youth and you're dressing similar to where they can see that it's not somebody that's overbearing or overqualified. It's somebody that came through that same channel 
And like I said, you having the gear on, having the J's, you can even tell them, like, I insure my J's. Like, that's part of the importance <laughs> of having insurance. And there's some people exactly. that do that. It's just so important, man. We've been places and we've had conversations in different situations where we talk about the lack of seeing folks similar to you in the space. And it's not because there's not enough talent. In a lot of ways, as you said, it's because they haven't seen anybody be able to do it or at least guide them to say that this is something that can provide you those opportunities. I mean, when I got in and you were around that same you know, time as far as really getting into it, it we were truly in the minority. And in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. folks kind of looked at it as, you know, why are you doing that? Ain't no money in that. That's from, you know, it's lame because, you know, it's only mm-hmm. these people that are doing it. One of the biggest things that you brought up is key. Overall, especially if you do it from the agency perspective, you do it the right way. You can be where you need to be and you can be where you need to be for your people and not have to sit here and put your time in or, you know, restructure something for folks that have families. And that's probably one of the greatest dynamics it would seem like to being in this environment that we're in when it comes to being a risk manager, just because you get to create your time. And that's with anything that you you have that spirit of doing it for yourself is it helps you to be able to put the work in on the front end. And then as you build your experience out, you can fill your life in around your business and people understand that and they respect that because mm-hmm. you've given them your time already. Discussing as well that educating our our brothers and our sisters that are small business owners, salute to my guy that does the collabs for the For the Taste clothing. He is a small business owner, veteran, was in there this past weekend, you know, going through orders, having a conversation about things and to not get him too far in the books that this is recorded, there was an incident that happened and, you know, just to sit there and talk to him and kind of like run him through not only the liability of what his coverage could end up being, but more importantly, like the things that he has between his home and, and his mm-hmm. business and how to be able to protect those things and where the umbrellas come in out of the home. Mm-hmm. And we're just talking to him and in a lot of ways. I'm talking to him, making it layman enough to where he gets it. And somewhere in that conversation, you almost kind of do that, that step out of body experience, like Dr. Strange, Dan, that's two Marvel comic references in this conversation. (laughs) Uh, Step out of your body a little bit like Dr. Strange. And you can see the reaction of those moments right there always get me excited about what we do because we've found it a way to make something that people were afraid to actually talk about, be it life, be it health, be it property, be it casualty, Mm -hmm. uh, and made it quote cool. That finesse is amazing to be able to do. I want to be able to share those kind of experiences on how I journey my way through the industry as well as I'm seeing what you're doing. That's what's important. And that right there helps people, regardless of what color they are, see that this is an industry people of our color can thrive. We take the opportunity. Yes, I I couldn't agree more, man. And I think you said something that was just so, so key of making this industry real to people. And and CJ, that's really important because everybody is at a different level. Um, and like I said, again, business owners, whatever. And to your point about talking about the commercial side, now I have a personal endeavor, you know, especially around life insurance in our community. And not to say that it's bad or whatever, but just really just pains me when I see that, okay, someone passes and now we got to do the car washes and everything of those natures right. to ensure that we, you know, get enough money to make, to put those people away properly. Right. When, you know, for small amounts of bucks a month or whatever the case may be in proper planning, you know, you can put a very inexpensive plan together. But actually, it's helping you in the for in you know going forward because that's that's probably one of the biggest things, especially in our communities. You know, we talk about it that always having roadblocks or you know step backs, and so in, in, in death is one of those because okay, someone dies, you got to go through that grieving process. But then now, on top of paying for their burial, whatever other debts they may have had or whatever other income that you may have lost from them passing away. Again, using that life insurance policy, not as an expense, but as a vehicle to say, okay, hey, we were able to put X, Y, Z away. 
but now we do have something extra to now help us move forward and plan better and use that in spite of or in, in the loss of that particular person. So to your point, man, being able to make that realization conversation real to people at their level, I think is important. And again, coming from someone that, again, looks like them, talks like them, and that can probably share in the real life experiences that they have probably shared in is, is, is also key. Absolutely. There's no greater appreciation of the knowledge and the skill set that we've put together over these years than when you go into a board meeting on Wilshire Boulevard in LA to going to somewhere over in a legislative house over on the East Coast in Washington or just being in somebody's wood shop out here in North Las Vegas and being able to get all three of those different environments to understand what it is that you're saying to them, to be able to respect what it is that you're saying to them and to actually move with some kind of need and necessity of what you're saying to them. It, not everybody can do that. And that has nothing to do with a sales development because that just enhances the salesman. There's only a select amount of people that can see the world that way, uh, those kind of conversations. And it's not coding. It's just knowing how to be able to move to make people understand what it is that you're trying to get across. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a rarity and it's unfortunate. But here's the thing that I would say it's not a sole rarity where it's rare to find. It's just a rarity in our industry is because a lot of folks aren't going to look for that type of opportunity. People that are out there that can bring that kind of talent to them. So mm. as much as us, the men that are in these positions now that are of black and brown descent, we have to do our best to keep that flag waving that we are proper representations of what you can do and do it better because the prior generation is always supposed to do the, the next thing better. On the other side, the folks that have, quote, seats at the table, y'all got to add another seat mm -hmm. because if you don't, the unrest <clears throat> that you see in all these other things around the world, it will get to the tables of insurance and financial services because that's what backs a lot of the things in this country. And that's, no. the, that's the funny thing that a lot of folks don't get, that this country is built on somebody saying, all right, we got you just in case something happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And man, it, it, it's, it's funny you say it that way, but I, I love it because like I said that's basically what insurance is. Piece of paper or carry saying, okay, yeah, I got you when something happens. Now, to give it a little bit uh, of a lighter convo, I'm going to go back to your Jordans. Give or take, how many do you think you own? <laughs> All right, now, now that, that's a very touchy subject. Oh, boy. Um, my, 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 my kids and I, we, we sort of have this like shoe uh, addiction right now. Okay. And, and, and uh, my, my daughter is Air Force Ones. My son is sort of a combination of, like, of different types. And I'm 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 a, I'm a Jordan man. So right now, with this last pair that I just got a few weeks ago, I think I'm up to ten. Okay, all right. So not so not bad. No, no, I was expecting a number way higher than that. The way that she was starting to preface it. Oh, uh, wait, hold on. With the Air Force Ones, though, does it make you feel a certain kind of way? Because you did joke that we were getting older, but does it make you feel a certain way that your daughter's wearing a shoe that was popular when we was like in our teens, and that they were making songs about them, and now they folks is running them back again? Man, it's it's utterly amazing how things are all cyclical and how they come back around. And you know, you try to explain that. You know, I, I have these conversations with my kids all the time. How you know, nothing you guys are doing is really new. Facts. <laughs> like you know, it, it's just a remix to something that was already being done. But no, for them, it's just nope, no, that daddy, this is new. Blah 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 blah. Like long story short, we were having a, a drive and artists came on. I, I won't say the name, but then I was like, well, who is this guy? And blah blah blah. And I was like, well. And I, I just made the reference. I was like, wait, it's no better than Tupac. And we, me and my me and my 12-year-old daughter got into a 20-minute conversation how this rapper <laughs> is better than, than what Tupac was. And I'm like, why am I having this conversation with a 12-year-old? <laughs> so same thing with shoes, though. It's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm more of the classic guy. But to your point, yeah, it's funny how this stuff comes around. But then again, it, it hurts how it can make the same shoe that was made, you know, back when I was 18 years old. But it costs like 30% more. 
I, I had those moments of nostalgia. Cause that's part of the, the journey of where you want to see some rewards of the hard work that you put in. Everybody's got their own levels of what they're willing to put that money into. Occasionally it's shoes, and it's not a certain brand of shoes, but it's shoes that I tend to remember along my journey of life. I was taking a look for Reebok pumps. You know, salute to D. Brown. He made you feel like if you put them pumps on and pump four times, you'd be able to dunk and dunk covering your head. <laughs> and I remember BP got me a pair of those, and I, I was so happy. And I knew what the sticker price was because I had to make sure I basically did my allowance work to get that money back. Mm-hmm. Go look for them Reebok pumps right now. It's it's nasty how much they cost at this point. Yeah, but it's those we're the people that have that kind of income. They look at it the the disposable or the discretionary where you can go back and relive quote relive your youth. That's why so many movies now are reboots uh, because they don't need to make anything new because the new kids they don't necessarily care because they don't know that there's nothing really better. So they don't have to really put development into the stories. You can just take some old stuff and then put a little sprinkle to it. The one thing I do not want to see come back. And a lot of things are coming back. I do not want to see any of our brothers and sisters rolling through the street if you are younger than 40 years old with a Jerry curl. Oh, okay. Ditto. Ditto to that. Ditto to that. I say that because (laughs) I had the gym that I go to, uh, there's a Dollar General right next to it. I'm walking through aisles and I see like almost like that behind plastic, a white bottle, blue labeling. So immediately it's going to make you stop. S girl. Oh, yeah. And, and I took a picture, man. I took a picture and I haven't posted or anything because I just wanted to hold on to it. Just to hope that I saw somebody out in the streets actually with a jerry curl and just would assume that's where they got those last two bottles were from that Dollar General. <laughs> I, I hadn't seen a jerry curl bottle, like a true S curl moisturizing white blue bottle in decades, man. Oh, man. It took me back. Definitely. But I'm, I'm, I'm laughing, really. I'm, I'm also laughing because, you know, when you talk about things that come back and I'm just thinking about, you know, and, I, and I'm waiting with anticipation. I hope they do it well. But when Coming to America 2 comes back out, you know, so it says coming out sometime this fall. I'm, I'm, I hope they do it justice. But then as you talk about jerry curl, I just kept thinking, so Glow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and what's going to be the callback to that? How are you going to have Eric LaSalle wear the the Soul Glow Jerry Curl in that movie? I'm I'm a fan typically of sequels and reboots, but there's certain ones that you just you got to leave on the shelf. And, yeah. and, and Coming America seems like one you need to leave on the shelf. If Eddie wanted to do a movie from the '80s and run it back for me, give me a Golden Child Part Two. I want to see what happened to the kid now that he's an adult. Yeah, right. Hell, give, give me another Metro. That movie was trash, but at least you can tell the story of him being a cop in the city of San Francisco, and you can see if his little baby dress grew into full dreadlocks like give me that oh speaking of comedy though did you have a chance to check out the dave Chappelle netflix presentation on youtube the 846 no man but i um someone posted i i saw a snippet of somebody post on social media and I, and that's how i saw it honestly but um i i was i heard about it but i wasn't i wasn't aware about it and that's what i just saw it, like a couple of days ago. yeah the the symbiotic nature of the the numbers that were used and the unfortunate happenings that have been going on in our streets that's amazing and the the, the whole talk we talk about with evolution and seeing people grow. I always looked at Dave Chappelle as being funny. What I look at Dave Chappelle here now is being, in a lot of ways, our Dick Gregory of this generation. Yeah. And that's no knock on the, the Chris Rocks, the D.L. Hughley's, because there's there's only a short list of comedians that I'll actually give my time anytime I see something drop into my mentions or my subscriptions. But you know, Dave is on a, a lane here now where gave you content that you needed to hear. Tried his best to not make it too dark, but he knew he wasn't telling jokes. And even in that bit, he brought up like, 
like, I got some pee jokes I can tell about. I think this is more important. And, you know, people laughed at that and they kept going. Again, mm-hmm. that's a very rare art. It's necessary for folks to speak up on those things. Dave's done a great job about it. You know, his last two or three stand-ups since he's came back off the hiatus. It hasn't just been joke, 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 joke. It's, it's been medicine with the candy. And again, that's why I enjoy listening to rock. I enjoy listening to DL because they give you the medicine with the candy. And, and that's the way to be able to get folks to actually pay attention that typically wouldn't pay attention to what's going on in the world. Come on, man. Preaching. I said, man, we, we owe it to ourselves. And I said, we, we know we have a platform, but everybody has a platform. And you owe it to, I just call it like it is, man. You, you owe it to us as a generation and owe it to us as a people to use your platform. I love what you said, to give some medicine with the can. Like, you know, even I, I go back to the old days, we had to take that robot testing and other stuff. Okay, yeah, you're going to drink that, but then you drink some Kool-Aid right after. You do something to make it palatable. But at the same time, you just you did you took something to take care of your body, and I, and I just think that's so important. And to me, when I, I saw that Dave Chappelle, man, I was just like, like yeah, dude, Dave, Dave is on another level, and it's almost like brilliance in in a sense. Like you 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 are beyond comedy right now, sir. It's hitting at a certain point in time where people are at home, so the impact of when it's being put out there and published, people are retaining it and seeing it quicker. And a lot of that has to do, unfortunately, with especially in our state where we're still in phase two with people being locked down and not everybody getting back to work, but also mm-hmm. companies have having to refigure their game and have people work from home. Now, if I have to take it back to you being a proud and well-handling business owner, your thoughts, because you brought up that your team had to restructure and recalibrate to work from home. What are your thoughts, not only in our industry, about the the telecommuting experience for producers and for insurance people? Do you think that this wave is going to continue with even some larger businesses? Honestly, I do. I I do 100%. And I'll just give you, for us, an example, You, you know our office. We we were not a remote office. We were the brick and mortar. Hey, you come to the office five days a week, and we have we have remote capabilities. But we haven't. We we were discussing going down that road, but we did. So when COVID happened, really, man, it it, it pushed us down a road that we were just trying to take a casual stroll down. Mm-hmm. And but you know when COVID happened, we started to full fledged sprint like like a dog was behind us. You know within like a week's time, our entire office went remote. From there, okay, we set up systems. You know people had equipment. But now on the flip side of things, like for us personally, man, we're to keep our numbers down. Down and keep people limited. We're on a schedule right now where, you know, we got a Monday, Wednesday schedule and a Tuesday, Thursday group. So, you know, we got half our team comes in on Monday, Wednesday, half of them come in on Tuesday, Thursdays, and Fridays is the day that, you know, the office is open for anybody that wants to come, but most of the time people just work from home. You know, even though we're in phase two of things, I've already told our executive team that'll probably be something that we keep for the rest of the year, if not longer, because, you know, we got some people that literally say, you know what, I would much rather, and I can go 100% remote, and we've done that. We've got three or four people that just went 100% remote, you know, you check in and come in and and i think it's just helped us become a, a more fluent more fluent in a, in a better business globally i think business owners and people are seeing that okay the right people you can get the same amount of work done and maybe not have to be so so brick and mortar and so obviously that's lowering lowering your overhead and helping your margins so as a business owner i'm like okay well this, this all makes sense as long as our productivity doesn't go down i wholeheartedly see that companies are going to embrace it i think the other side of it is though and i'm, I'm always a I've always been a preaching that of that whole snapback and, and rubber band syndrome of, okay, when does our society, even from a social media standpoint and technology standpoint, just snap back and say, okay, you know, almost like we talked about the Air Force One. Okay, can we go back to the class? Can, can we just go back to, I want somebody to meet with me and sit down and shake my hand and do certain things. So I think it's going to be really 
the companies that have a blend of those, you know, that, that really adapt the chance. Okay. Hey, we can meet the e-commerce. We can eat the, we can meet the e-customer where, where their need is at. But we also have that physical need for people that just say, you know what? No, I still want to just do business in a, in a, in a real type of way, physical type of way. And, and that's what we're trying to build our business for to, to hit both platforms. Moving with the time and the adaptability of a business is key during these times because nobody expected for a pandemic to hit and for the length of time. And our industry, we deal with different states, some municipalities, um, and then certain organizations, they work international and they're all having to go through it. And these are all things that they're going to have to address. And these decisions that they make around the country, around the globe, it will impact policies that we put on the books, not only from your side of the house, but also with ours. I do think that it's something that they will keep up with and that it'll be a long-term play. I remember when we were younger, you discussed, you know, working from home or telecommuting and it was almost looked at as a scarlet letter (laughs) because they thought, and this is just very old school thinking, if you're not sitting right there in that desk for seven hours and 15, or sorry, seven hours, that you're not being productive. Then, you know, research and study started to show, you know, the more that you actually trust your, your clientele and trust your work and staff, they become more productive because you're giving them more opportunities to live their life. The work-life balance stays in harmony, less burnout. Blah, 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 blah. Now, I know we've got age on us, but we've still lived around long enough to see that other curve of it even before COVID. And now, like you just brought up, it seems like it's going to be more of the norm than what it was when we first got into the business. I, I wholeheartedly agree, sir. And, and, but I also I want to put another uh, another caveat on what you said because I 100% agree is that as a as a as a community we have to see that as an opportunity and make and make ourselves available and ready. Because to me, what COVID has done from a work standpoint on the, on the content that we're talking about today has made the professional work environment more flat. And and again, I, I'll use me for example. Whereas okay, the pool of our hiring pre um, pre COVID was pretty much all in the state of Nevada. Okay, we wanted to find people that could be here because we wanted them to come to the office and interact. Now, you know, our HR person is making posts. Okay, if the right person is in Atlanta, if the right person is in Montana, because we have the systems and the technology in place, okay, that's not a barrier anymore. So so to your point, you know, regardless of age, gender, sexual orientation, color, or whatever the case may be, if the right person presents themselves, they can be wherever and we can bring them on board. And and that's an amazing thing. That's true. It's giving everybody an equal opportunity, which in a lot of ways, that's what folks are asking for right now out in this environment. I hardly agree, sir. But I also think we got to prepare ourselves for it, you know, because what they say, chance favors a prepared mind. That's right. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, you have to see these opportunities for what they are and just make sure that you're putting yourself out there to ensure that, OK, when this rebounds or when economy starts to take back off or something to, to look in, like you say again, you put yourself, you make sure you put yourself at the table. There's a quote that I remember hearing Russell Wilson bring up during his grind from being a third round draft pick to being the starter of the Seattle Seahawks is his old man had told him the separations and the preparation. So mm. in these moments. And it doesn't have to be a, a, mm. a big you know, journal of what you're going to do, but at least somewhere in your mind, start putting those steps together of where you see yourself or where you think that you have an opportunity to be better. That being better doesn't immediately correlate to a dollar amount, but the likelihood is if you're a better person and you do better for others, that money part will find its way to adjust to show the blessings of what you're putting out there. Yeah, there's some some evil, cynical people in the world that are sitting on a bank of money, but they're morally bankrupt and corrupt. I don't want to be in that path. I'd rather be on the path of doing what I best can for my household, my people, my community, and the folks around that think similar, and then let everything else kind of figure itself out. Because in the long run, that's how I'll be able to sleep better at night. Man, come on. Peace peace is priceless. (laughs) And it takes age to be able to figure that part out. That, That peace is the one thing that's the most valuable to you. 
Amen. Mr. Branch, before I get up off this recording, I want to make sure again, I appreciate you taking the time out. And I was glad uh, salute Stephanie to make sure she got this all squared away. She's always looked out for myself and my mom. So I, I appreciate her efforts when we need to get hold of you. I just thought that it was important as we rebooted some of these newer episodes for the pod to get voices in the community, not only ours, but of the black and brown communities to discuss entrepreneurship, discuss their successes, what they've seen. Because as you brought up, nobody's going to do these things unless they see or hear that somebody's went through it and they have similar stories such as yours. So I appreciate the hell out of you doing that. If somebody wanted to come over and move their policies over right away, regardless where they're at in the country, how would they be able to get a hold of your team? Oh, man, you can get a hold of us on our website, www.bbc-ins.com, or you can call us at 702-646-2082. Our physical office, if you happen to be driving by, is located on 4584 North Rancho Drive. That's in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, right down the street from Santa Fe Station, so we're on the northwest side of town. But mm-hmm. we're on all the social social media platforms, so we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, at Branch Benefits. So I definitely say, you know, please contact us and, and check us out. But on the flip side, so I do want to sort of reverse that and say of you, man, how I I don't want to say this as trying to be an old guy, but man, I truly am proud uh, of the things and the success that you are seeing and you are experiencing that you have done. And, and even with this platform, sir, yeah, you are using your voice in, in that good point. And I just say this, man, you have been a supporter and but also a motivator and an encourager for me and, and like I say again the times that we have been the only ones in the room but knowing that we got to hold ourselves to a higher stand to make sure that we continue to bring others to the room um, we'll continue to do that I, I, I know for a fact we're aligned in that fight so sir I'll just continue to pray success over you and your family as well now I, I love your friendship and I appreciate you con- tremendously sir we do it for for a lot of things but you also it's a lot easier to do it when you know that you've got somebody a brother in arms that understands the plight of it you've made this journey how I'm getting through it a lot easier because you do have a few years on me in industry <laughs> knowledge but in age it's it's been a tremendous to be able to to pick your brain when I've you know been able to ask of you on it and you've made sure that you've done that and you continue to be a pillar of you know optimism and growth of our industry, not only in the city, but across the country, because you've got a seat at that table, man. So keep doing what you got to do to make sure that people understand that we've got some folks here that are talented enough to have conversations with. You know, it, it's necessary. Yes, sir. Wholeheartedly agree, man. Appreciate you. Mr. Branch, until the next time we catch up, man, be safe out in those streets. All right. All right. You do the same, man. All right, I'll now. talk to you soon. Be well.